Welcome to Zichur Daf Simani Mamre Ram Goldar and today we're Zakas Bab Metzia Daf Dal. The first parak Shneim Ochsin. This parak has been dedicated in memory of Mr. Moishi Horn, Rav Moshe Manus Ben Yaakov Yitzchak, by his children Devora and Dov Elias. May his neshama have an aliyah. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, Rabbi Chia had to write from a Kalva Chomer that if Piv partial admission obligates a shvua, then certainly Adim who testified to part of a debt obligate a shvua. This is ultimately challenged because Piv has a relative strength, Shekin Enu Bahachasha Uv Hazama, that it is not subject to contradiction by Adim or Hazama because one is obligated by his admission even against a hundred Adim, as opposed to Adim which can be discredited by other Adim. The Gemara then attempts to derive Rebbechi's ruling from Edachad, a single witness who does not obligate payment but obligates a Shavua denying his testimony. This is also rejected because this Shavua is against the actual testimony and cannot prove to swear about the amount beyond the testimony. The Gemara ultimately derives it from Asad Shaba, a common characteristic between Piv and a single aid, that as a result of a claim and denial they come to Basin, and the defendant swears when the claim is supported, as Tosus adds, so the same applies to Aiden. Point number two, Rebbe had said that his ruling is supported by a mission which requires swearing when two people grasp the cloak, and each one's grasping is tantamount to testimony supporting his claim. This is rejected because the opposing claim is also supported by the same testimony. Rather, Rabbi Chia proved another ruling of his from our Mishnah. If someone claims a mana from his fellow, who responds, I only owe you 50 zuz v'heloch, and here, it's yours, meaning they're unspent and still in the lender's legal possession, Rabbi Chia says he must swear because it's still considered a mode of a mixas. This is supported by our Mishnah, where the litigants swear although the other party has possession of the half they're giving up. Rav Shesha says one who admits with Haloch does not swear, because the admitted 50 Zuz are kamandinaku milvadami. It's as if the lender is holding them in his hand and not part of the claim, and the remaining claim is fully denied. Rav Shesha explains that our Mishnah is a rabbinic measure as explained on Dav Gimel Aleph, but Rechia responds that it must reflect a biblical shvua. And point number three, Rechia was challenged from a brisa, slime dinarim. If a star says the borrower owes slime or dinarim without an amount specified, and the lender claims the debt is five slime or dinarim, while the borrower claims it's three, Rabbi Shimon Elezer says he must swear like an ordinary motive mixas, whereas Rabbi Kiva says he does not swear like one who returns lost property, since he voluntarily admitted to more than the two implied by the document. The Gemara infers that where the defendant only admits to two, Rabbi Shimon Lazar agrees he would not swear because the minimum amount recorded in the star, which includes a property lien, is akin to Halach. This proves that a motive mixes does not swear in the case of Halach. The Gemara ultimately answers that the reason he would not swear is the Kamasai Leishtarev, because the document supports the borer claiming the debt was too slime since no amount was recorded. Alternatively, he would not swear for a claim of two because the minimum of two indicated by the star has a lien on land, and one does not swear about a denial or admission of a lien on land. So once again, the three points are Rabbi Chia had derived from a Kalva Homer that if Piv, partial admission, obligates a shvua, then certainly Adam, who testified to part of a debt, obligated a shvua. This is ultimately challenged because Piv has a relative strength, Shekin Enu Bahachasha Uv Hazama, that it is not subject to contradiction by Adim or Hazama because one is obligated by his admission even against a hundred aiding, as opposed to aiding which can be discredited by other aiding. The Gemara then attempts to derive Rabbi Chia's ruling from Edachad, a single witness who does not obligate payment but obligates a Shavua denying his testimony. This is also rejected because this Shavua is against the actual testimony and cannot prove to swear about the amount beyond the testimony. The Gemara ultimately derives it from Atzad Shaba, a common characteristic between Piv and the single aid. 
that as a result of a claim and denial they come to Basin, and the defendant swears when the claim is supported, as Tosus adds, so the same applies to aiding. Point number two, Rebbe had said that his ruling is supported by a mission which requires swearing when two people grasp the cloak and each one's grasping is tantamount to testimony supporting his claim. This is rejected because the opposing claim is also supported by the same testimony. Rather, Rabbi Chia proved another ruling of his from our Mishnah. If someone claims a manna from his fellow, who responds, I only owe you 50 zuz, vehelach, and here, it's yours, meaning they're unspent and still in the lender's legal possession, Rabbi Chia says he must swear because it's still considered a mode of This is supported by our Mishnah, where the litigants swear although the other party has possession of the half they're giving up. Rav Shesha says one who admits with Haloch does not swear, because the admitted 50 Zuz are milvadami. It's as if the lender is holding them in his hand and not part of the claim, and the remaining claim is fully denied. Rav Shesha explains that our Mishnah is a rabbinic measure as explained on Tav Gimel Aleph, but Rechia responds that it must reflect a biblical shvua. And point number three, Rechia was challenged from a brisa. Slime dinarim. If a star says the borrower owes slime or dinarim without an amount specified, and the lender claims the debt is five slime or dinarim, while the borrower claims it's three, Rabbi Shimon Lezer says he must swear like an ordinary motive mixas, whereas Rabbi Kiva says he does not swear like one who returns lost property, since he voluntarily admitted to more than the two implied by the document. The Gemara infers that where the defendant only admits to two, Rabbi Shimon agrees he would not swear because the minimum amount recorded in the star, which includes a property lien, is akin to Halach. This proves that a motive mixes does not swear in a case of Halach. The Gemara ultimately answers that the reason he would not swear is the Kamasayle star because the document supports the borrower claiming the debt was too slime since no amount was recorded. Alternatively, he would not swear for a claim of two because the minimum of two indicated by the star has a lien on land, and one does not swear about a denial or admission of a lien on land. All right, so now we go to Simon Duff Dalit, and our standard Simon is a delet, a door. So here goes. The two aid him coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a shvua, who walked through a basin door with a picture of Peeve and Ada Chud painted on them, overheard one man tell another, I owe you only fifty zuz, vehelach, and here it is yours, standing behind a lender holding a star that just said slayim without specifying an amount. Once again, slow motion. The two aid him coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a shvua, who walked through a basin door, door, that must mean we're on dav, dala, dala, door. The two aid him coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a shvua, who walked through a basin door with a picture of Peeve and Edechad painted on them, which reminds us where Bechia had derived from a Kavachomer, that if Peeve partial admission obligates a shvua, then certainly aid him who testified to part of a debt obligated Shvua. The Gemara ultimately derives it from a Tzad a common characteristic between Piv and a single witness. That as a result of a claim and denial, they come to Basin, and the defendant swears when the claim is supported, as Tosos adds, so the same applies to aiding. So, the two aiding coming to testify to part of a debt, to obligate a Shvua, who walked through a Basin door with a picture of Piv and Edechad, painted on them, overheard one man tell another, I owe you only 50 Zuz, and here, it is yours, which reminds us that he approved another ruling of his from our Mishnah. If someone claims a manna from his fellow who responds, I owe you only 50 zuz, and here it's yours, meaning they're unspent and still in the lender's legal possession, Rebichia says he must swear because it's still considered a mixas. This is supported by our Mishnah, where the litigants swear although the other party has possession of the half they're giving up. Rav Shesha says one who admits with Halach does not swear because the admitted 50 Zuz are as if the lender is holding them in his hand and not part of the claim, and the remaining claim 
is fully denied. So the two Aiden coming to testify as part of a debt to obligate a who walked through a basin door with a picture of Piv and Edechad painted on them, overheard one man tell another, I owe you only 50 zuzvah and here it is yours, standing behind a lender holding a star that just said slime without specifying an amount, which reminds us, Vichy was challenged from Abraisa, Slime Denarim. If a star says the borrower owes Slime or Denarim without an amount specified, and the lender claims the debt is five Slime or Denarim, while the borrower claims it's three, Rabbi Shimon Lazar says he must swear like an ordinary motive of us, whereas Rabbi Kiva says he does not swear like one who returns lost property, since he voluntarily admitted to more than the two implied by the star. So once again, the two aid him coming to testify to part of a debt to obligate a Shavuah, who walked through a basin door with a picture of Piv and Edechad painted on them, over one man tell another, I owe you only fifty zuz v'helech, and here it is yours, standing behind a lender holding a star that just said slime without specifying an amount. All right, so now it's time for four blah blah chazar. Daf kuf yud ches. So the similar daf kuf yud ches is kichol. So here goes. The two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichol. Kichol? That must be on daf kuf yud ches. The two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichol, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, which reminds us, the Gemara discusses one who claims to be owed a money from his fellow who responds that he does not know. Rav Huna and Rav Yudah say he must pay. Bari Bishema, Bari Adif. Where the claimant is certain and the defendant is uncertain, the claimant who is certain is stronger. Rav Nachman and Rav Yochanan say he's exempt. Mare. Keep the money in its current owner's possession until proof is brought. So the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichol, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichol, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that if one stole a sheep from someone's flock and returned it without notifying the owner, he remains responsible if it dies or it's stolen, meaning it remains in his domain until its proper return. If the owner was unaware of the theft and its return, and counted the flock and found it complete, the thief is exempt from future damages. Four opinions are presented regarding returning stolen sheep, which impact the interpretation of the Mishnah. So the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichol, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichol, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, and ignored the shepherd's wife who was trying to sell them some woolen garments, telling them to conceal them, which reminds us, the Mishnah details materials that may be purchased from women without suspicion, they were taken from their husbands without permission, and adds, but any woman who told the purchaser to conceal his purchase, it's prohibited to purchase it because it appears the item was stolen. So the simmer Daf Kofiotes is a kite. So here goes. While the kite enthusiast, kite, that must be on Daf Kofiotes. While the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, which reminds us, Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda argue about destroying Mama Masar, the property of an informer. One held Mutter Abdul Biyad, it is permitted to destroy his property with one's hand, directly because his money shouldn't be more stringent than his body. Since it's permitted to kill him, it stands to reason that his property may certainly be destroyed. The other held Asul Abdul, it's forbidden to destroy because perhaps he'll have righteous ascendants. So, while the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, while using his cop kite to stop a robber from stealing a small kite worth of Shavapruta, since it's like taking away... The victim's soul, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan said, Anyone who steals a pruta's worth from his fellow is as if he took his soul from him. So, while the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, while using his cop kite to stop a robber from stealing a small kite worth a shavapruta, since it's like taking away 
The victim's soul, the craftsman he had commissioned to build him some more kites, was busy at work and keeping the shavings, which reminds us, the final Mishnah lists materials left over from various crafts, such as threads removed by a launderer, a tailor, and others, and teaches which belong to the craftsman because the owner of the original material is not particular about them and which belong to the owner. Shavings removed by small tools belong to the carpenter, but those removed by a hatchet belong to the owner. It concludes, If he was working on the owner's property, even the sawdust from drilling belongs to the owner. Daf base. So the simmer Daf base is a bias, a house. So here goes. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, house, that must be on Daf base, bias. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a tallest, each claiming, I found it, which reminds us, the opening mission states, Shnaim Ochsim Batalis, two people came before Basin holding a cloak. Zeomer Animitsasiya, Zeomer Animitsasiya. This one says, I found it, this one says, I found it. Zeomer Kulashali, Zeomer Kulashali. This one says, It's all mine, and this one says, It's all mine. The law is that each one swears, Shaingo Babachus Machesia, that he owns not less than half of it, Vichaloku, and they divide it. So, because of the conflicts in front of the Talis seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a Talis, each claiming, I found it. And two other men claiming to be the buyer of a talus, which reminds us. The Gemara asks why the Mishnah describes two cases where each claims I found it and where each claims it's all mine. After the first suggestion is rejected, it concludes, The first case of I found it refers to a found cloak. And the second case where they said it's all mine refers to a case of buying and selling where each claims to be the buyer. The Gemara explains that if only one case was taught, one might have thought that only in that case one might rationalize that he's not stealing outright. So, because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a tallest, each claiming, I found it, and two other men claiming to be the buyer of a talus, a basin was set up where taking a shvua was required by the rabbanon to divide the items to prevent people from grabbing cloaks of others and claiming it is theirs, which reminds us. The Gemara that the mission which rules the cloak is divided with a shvua does not accord with Simchas, who holds money whose ownership is uncertain is divided between them without a shvua. The Gemara concludes that the shvua is a special takana de Rabbanan, so that every person should not go and seize his fellow's cloak and claim, it's mine. Daf Gimel, so the similar Daf Gimel is a gamal, a camel. So here goes. The camel, camel, that must move on Dov, gimel, gamal. The camel hired to take away three coins until Eliyahu comes, even though only the third coin was in dispute. Which reminds us that the mission's ruling to divide the cloak does not accord with Rubiosa's ruling, where two people deposited money with someone, one leaving one mana and the other leaving two mana. And they later dispute who left two mana. The Rabbans say the third mana is withheld until proof is brought, but Rubiosi says, Imken mahipsid rama. If so, what does the deceiver lose by deceiving? Rather, it should all be set aside until Eliyahu comes to induce him to confess. Here too the cloak should be withheld. The Gemara answers that in the coin cases because the third coin definitely belongs to only one of them and cannot be divided. In our mission it's possible they picked up the cloak simultaneously and jointly own it. Since each party may truly believe he's the owner, Rabiosi would agree to divide it. So the camel hired to take away three coins until Eliyahu comes, even though only the third coin was in dispute. Stopped to pick up two Adim who testified that a man owed 50 zuz of a hundred zuz claim, making him take a shavuah on the remainder, which reminds us, Rabbi Chia taught that if one claims a mana, which is 100 zuz, from his fellow, which the defendant denies completely, and witnesses testify that he owes 50 zuz, he pays the 50 zuz and swears on the remainder, like one who confesses to part of a claim. 
For the admission of his own mouth should not be greater than the testimony of Edim based on a Kalvachomer. So the camel hired to take away three coins until Eliyahu comes, even though only the third coin was in dispute. Stopped to pick up two Edim who testified that a man owed 50 zuz of 100 zuz claim, making him take a shvua on the remainder. But it had no room for the man who was motive and mixes to his creditor because he wasn't brazen enough to deny his total obligation. Which reminds us, Rabbi asks, why did the Torah say that one who admits to a part of a claim must swear about his denial? He should be exempt for having volunteered the partial admission. He answered, It's because there is a presumption that a person is not so brazen as to deny his obligation to the face of his creditor. The more explains that the reason we do not say, since he's willing to lie and steal part of the debt, he would also swear falsely, is because this person would really want to admit to the full debt. He didn't because he's merely evading the creditor to stall until he has the money to pay. Therefore, the Torah required him to swear, so he admits completely. All right, so now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do we focus if one is permitted to destroy an informer's property? That's on daf. Kufiotes. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you is about swearing by Halach? Here, it's yours. That's on daf. Dalton Bamasiya. Good. Number three. Which stuff do we learn why Rabbi Yossi holds in the case of a disputed third coin that all three coins should be put away, but agrees in the case of a talis? Yochaloku. That's on daf. Gimel. Good number four. Which stuff do you is if Bari Bashema, Bari Adif, or Ukimimimana Becheskus Mari? That's on Dav. Kufiud Ches. Good number five. Which of the women that the Rabbanim of Takanashvu is so that people should not go around grabbing cloaks off others and claiming it's theirs? That's on Dav. Beis and Bamatsiya. Good number six. Which stuff do you discuss swearing about a star that does not have a specified amount? That's on Dav. Good number seven. Which stuff be the case of a river flooding stolen land? And the question if Karka Nixelis, if land can be stolen, that's on Duff. Kafiud Zayn. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn when bandits accept ransom from people in a caravan? They calculate the members' contributions to the ransom by the amount of money each one is carrying. That's on Duff. Kufta Zayn. Good number nine. Which of the one that witnesses who testify to part of a debt obligate a shvua, and that's learned from a tzad shava of piv ve'edachad, that's on daf. Good, and number 10, which of the one the reason why Modiba Mixas swears, that's on daf. Gimel Vamatsiya, excellent, that comes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goldar from Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.